Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Why don't you? You guys can have a seat. I'm just going to share from my heart here for a moment. Is that okay? First Corinthians, turn over to chapter 12. And <clears throat> this is not my message, but God's just really burning it on my heart. And I've learned that if he really puts something on your heart, you probably should share it and go that direction. Amen. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and Paul is talking to the church at Corinthians, and he's talking about, or the church at Corinth, excuse me, and he's talking about all the different diversities of gifts, and he talks about all these different gifts. He talks about the gift of the apostle. He talks about the gift of the prophet. He talks about the gift of the teacher. He, talk, he talked about workers of miracles. How many of you have seen some of these gifts in operation in other people's lives? Yeah, I mean, a lot of these gifts are physical. And so you see a gift. There's a gift of speaking with tongues. That's a gift that's in here. And there's also a gift of interpreting because how many of you know one of the reasons I'm not talking to you in tongues right now is because I want you to understand what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, it's important that if somebody gives a word in tongues that there needs to be an interpretation so we know what was said, right? And so Paul is talking about all these different gifts. And we know a lot of people that have gifts and abilities, people that have all kinds of talents, things that they are able to do that are amazing. And we look at that. But look at what Paul says in verse 31 of chapter 12. He says this after he describes all these different gifts. He says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. So it's a good thing to desire the gifts the gifts that are available to us from his word, right? But then he goes on to say, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Say that out loud, a more excellent way. And you know what he's getting ready to talk about? Love. Love is always the more excellent way. So look at this. Let's begin to read here in chapter 13 and look at verse 1. And he says this, he says, though I speak with the tongues of angels, or though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. So notice he says, though I speak, I have one of these gifts, and I'm flowing in that gift. He says, but if I don't have love, this is what it sounds like. How's that for talent? I actually do play. But it's a clanging cymbal. It's not good for anything. It doesn't go with the song. There's sometimes, you know, as we're trying to get a mix on the drums, sometimes some drummers play harder, you know, on their cymbals. And sometimes their cymbals could be so loud that they overwhelm the rest of the kit. And so that's a clanging symbol. It can be, right? So notice that he says this. He says, if I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, I have this gifting, but I don't have love, then it doesn't sound good. The tongue doesn't sound good. Then he goes on to say, and he says, and though I have the gift of prophecy, man, that's a good gift to have. How many of you 
somebody has ever just read your mail through prophecy before. Have you ever had that happen? Man, I, I remember a guy called us out, a guy named Dick Mills. Any of you know who Dick Mills is? Remember Dick Mills? Yeah, from California. And man, just a, an amazing prophet of God, right? And he stood us up on the front row, and I'll never forget it. And he pointed us out, and Nicole and I, and he read, literally read our mail in front of everybody. Better make sure your mail's good mail, right? <laughs> and, and I mean, he literally, he did it so profoundly that I thought, uh, you know, the pastor that where we, the, it was a church that we were working at, we were working for another pastor, and when he did that, he was speaking the future because God had already put it in our heart to resign and to move to another city. And here he's telling everybody right here. In front. Anyway, so though you had that gift, but it worked out. You know what the miracle is? Is that nobody even knew. The pastor didn't even know. And I just went, man, God, you're the only one that can put deaf ears on folks. Anyway, it was a good thing. Though I had the gift of prophecy. Man, that's a, that's a good gift to have. Though I understand all mysteries and knowledge, woe. And though I have all faith. Man, have you ever met a person that's just full of faith? That they have mountain-moving faith. Maybe that's you. Maybe, you, man, you've taken your faith and you've applied it to things and you've watched God move the mountain. When my mom had a massive heart attack back in 2011. I remember when we began to pray for you. This is my mom on the front row by the name. Her, her, by the way, her name is Jane, and uh, she's a mighty woman of prayer. But, but I remember when she had that massive heart attack, and we began to believe God, we began to pray, and we began to use muster the faith that we had and believe God. We watched you in 16 days walk out of that hospital but let me tell you something that happened in the midst of that. Some of you have heard this story, but it really fits with what I'm about to tell you. When <clears throat> we had a neighbor, and we lived in a small, quaint neighborhood. There was only about 60 homes, one way in, one way out in this little neighborhood community that we were in. And Nicole and I were outside constantly, and so we knew most of our neighbors and had good relationship with them. Well, Many of them knew that we did outreaches every month and we would give away food, clothes, furniture, and household items to communities that were in great need. Now, in Louisville, Kentucky was where we were at at the time. You know, it was really easy to identify areas of need. You know, all you have to do is drive through the apartment complex and kind of look around. And you could, you know, and so anyway, we would go once a month and we would do this. Well, this family, this lady called us, one of our neighbors, and said, hey, I have this nice leather couch could I give that to you guys? And we said, yeah, that would be a tremendous blessing. And so we went over to get it, and Zach and I picked it up. And as we picked it up, it was a leather couch, but it had cat scratches on it. And so my wife simply asked the question, um, have you ever looked into ways, you know, things that you can do to treat leather when they have cat scratches? Having no idea that that statement would completely just offend her we were like what happened i mean she just asked this question and is that tommy i didn't even see you man i got my glasses on i couldn't really see you good to see you man and so and so she she got offended 
Well, from that point forward, she wouldn't even, she wouldn't even wave to us anymore. We would wave to her and her boyfriend, you know, every time we saw him, and we would smile, and they would just shake their heads like, you guys are not getting it, like, like we didn't know that they were offended, you know, and, and this went on, and she began to talk to our other neighbors, and our other neighbors would come up to us and tell us, hey, do you realize what she's saying about you guys? And we had, we were like, what? Well, we were just trying to play dumb because we didn't want to get into that. And so during along about this time, this is when mom has her heart attack experience. And somebody had blessed us. Um, we went down to Home Depot and they gave us trays of flowers to plant for free. And so we went down and picked them up. And so Nicole and I looked at each other and we said, hey, let's bless every house in the neighborhood with a tray of, I think they were pansies. Yeah, it was. they were pansies because they called Nicole the pansy princess or something, <laughs> something like that. Anyway, and so we took these trays of pansies and we put them on every driveway. Well, guess what happened when we got to her driveway? We put one on her driveway too. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs, it says your gift will make room for you. And we had no idea what would happen, but we left her a tray of pansies. We weren't going to leave her out of the neighborhood, we, and we gave everybody. Well, that morning, everybody woke up, went out on their driveway, and went, pansies, what's going on? And so, you know, it, was, it turned out to be a great blessing for a lot of the families. Well, I didn't know it, but when mom was in the hospital, we were in the waiting area, and they had to run a specific kind of test on mom um, for her heart. She had had a, uh, a blood clot of in the, one of the main arteries, they completely cut off the blood supply. And so anyway, they had put a stent in. And so she had gone through a whole battery of different tests. Well, this was one of the important tests to do. And lo and behold, here comes that neighbor walking down the hall, pushing the machine. And she's about to test my mom. And she looks in the waiting area and she sees that it's us. And she goes, what are you guys getting ready? What are you guys doing here? And so I explained to her what was going on. And my mom had a heart attack. She was here in the hospital. Now, we were not only her neighbors, but my parents were her neighbors. They were actually closer. You lived like actually two doors down from them. And she said, your mom? I said, yeah, they, they, you know, they're getting ready to do a test on her. And she said, that's what I do. I do the tests. And God completely healed that relationship in that moment she said you guys gave me the pansies we said yeah yeah they gave us a bunch and we just wanted to bless you and God healed that relationship now my question is why four letter word L-O-V-E love you got two options when people get mad at you you can get mad back you can throw your fists up. You can talk about them the way they're talking about you. Or you could choose to do a more excellent thing and live in a more excellent way. Amen? Good preaching, Pastor Phil. That was, man, that was really good. So let's, let's move on here. What's it say in the next verse? In verse 3, it says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Man, there's a lot of philanthropy going on. A lot of people that give, and they give big, and they help in different areas. 
you know, but if I give big and then I go to the airport and I yell at the checkout lady because she's taken too long to get my ticket, what have I done? I've just depreciated all of my giving because I'm not walking in love. Phil, I don't want to hear this. Yeah, well, I, I didn't either when I first started reading about love and what love truly is. But this is, this is why we have so many Christians uh, that, that people look at and, and they go, okay, I'll give you an example. We were in Buffalo, New York, and at that time we were traveling in ministry, presenting the gospel all across the nation. And so we were in Buffalo, and we would always work with volunteers. We had about 150 volunteers that would put on this walk-through theater experience that presented the gospel. It was, it was a big deal. It was a 20,000-square-foot tent, and it was 13 different rooms that people would walk through. And so, so these volunteers would come in, and I remember these two girls came in, and they wanted to sign up to volunteer. And so when, I filled out the applica- when they filled out the application, I looked at it, and it said, date you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Well, the date was empty on both of them. I said, so tell me, tell me about, where do you guys go to church? Oh, we go, you know, to youth group with our friend here. I said, oh, okay, so, so how come you've never prayed to make Jesus Lord of your life? And they said, well, we've got this Uncle Joe. Oh, well, tell me about Uncle Joe. Well, he doesn't, he's, he's like a big hypocrite. He doesn't live the life. He doesn't walk in love. Uh, he's mean to everybody. He quotes scripture to you in and out. He, he witnesses to people all the time and tells them about Jesus. I said, but he doesn't walk in love, does he? They said, no. I said, well, you know, you don't have to have that kind of relationship with God that you see in your Uncle Joe. So the good news is you can have your own relationship with Jesus. And you can walk in the kind of love and be the kind of Christian that you would love to see. And Uncle Joe, and you may even inspire him. You may even convict his heart because of the way that you're walking in love. And so I got to pray with them to receive Jesus because they realized they could have a relationship and it didn't have to be based on the hypocrisy they saw in somebody else. So what if you, let's read this again. What if you give everything to the poor what if you give your body to be burned that sounds like fun what if you give your body to be burned but have not love what does it do it says here that it profits you nothing wouldn't that be a bummer to get to heaven and you've done all these great things but because we didn't walk in love it doesn't count doesn't bless anyone well let's move on to verse 4 because verse 4 tells us what love is the very first thing it says in verse 4 is it says love suffers short amount of time suffers a little it puts up with some people (laughs) it tolerates a little bit of uncle so-and-so. I was so impressed. Uh, my daughter married an amazing young man. His name is Joshua. 
just a couple months ago. And, and their family, they said, we want to schedule a time for you to meet our family. And we said, okay, that, that sounds great. Well, I'm thinking the immediate family. I'm thinking, well, I, I think I know most everybody. I mean, there's Mama Com and there's, you know, a couple cousins and maybe an uncle or two. And they said, no, no, we want to invite you to meet our entire family. Your entire family. Yeah. So they, they rented a location. And they had a sound system. They, they even did music. And our family walked in, and it was just the five of us. And we come walking in, and they have well over 100 people in this auditorium. And I'm looking around going, wow. And so they started to introduce Joshua's father started to introduce his brothers. There's four brothers. This is the first brother. Now, would everybody stand up that's a part of this brother's household? And then all these people started to stand up. Now, um, Josh is part Burmese, part Thai. So this is a very large Burmese, uh, mostly Burmese family because his father was Burmese. So, and then they introduced the next brother. And would all, all of his family stand, stand up? And there's aunts and uncles and there's cousins and there's, there's nieces and nephews and I mean, all these people. I was so impressed. Why? Because I don't remember the last time that my entire family got together. I think it was when Grandma Webb died. My mom's mom. And I saw the majority of our family. And I was so impressed by that because they have learned how to... Because I asked, I asked one of the uncles, I said, how do you do this? And he said, Phil, I got to tell you, it's taken a lot of effort. It's taken a lot of conversations to help our family understand the importance of us staying connected. Man, this is the importance of love. I need to be around people who develop my love. How about you? (laughs) This is, again, this real exciting preaching, I know. But I don't know why God, God is just pulling me in this direction. And, and I look at the very first thing that the Bible says love is in verse 4, and it says that love suffers long. Another translation says love is patient. Well, how do you develop patience? A herm- if you were a hermit and you moved to the middle of Wyoming somewhere, and you just lived out, and you had your food delivered to you, and nobody ever saw you, How patient. Have you ever seen a really nice hermit? I mean, have you? Have you ever seen one that's just full of love, full of joy? No. I mean, every time a hermit is depicted in a story or in a movie, they're a sourpuss. You don't even want to be around them. Why? They're not around people. And when you're around people, they develop in you. God uses the people around you to develop your love walk. And I'm not talking about the kind of love walk that I heard one girl say, I'll walk in love all over their face, I'll walk in love. I was like, I don't, okay, you're like way out of love. <laughs> you're not near, you're not in love. But it says love is patient. Love suffers long. Love sticks with it. Love is not willing to give up on the relationship because it sees a way that God could use that relationship to develop in you what he needs to develop in you. I'm not saying it's a selfish thing, but what did Jesus do? When you were unlovable, what did he do? He loved you. 
John 3, 16, the first eight words says, For God so loved the world that he gave. Oh, man. Just the fact that he put, I mean, think, what if Jesus had thrown the cross down on the Via Della Rosa and just said, that's it? I'm done. These people don't deserve it. All I've done for the last three years is I have healed, set free, delivered. I've just told them the truth. I could have told them I was there when you were created. I was there when the earth was created. I've seen your entire life. He could have thrown it all in and just said, you know what, God, take me out of here. These guys don't deserve it. But I think we need to have the attitude that there aren't any disposable relationships. I was talking with a, <clears throat> I was talking with a, a young man. <clears throat> and he was complaining about a relationship that he was in, and you know, and, and he didn't like a lot of the things that was happening with with his girlfriend and things that she was doing. He was complaining about this, complaining about that, and complaining about that, and complaining about that. And I said, "Well, I say here's a new strategy. Maybe you've never heard of." I said, what if you decided to walk completely in forgiveness toward them? I mean, to the point to where she owed you nothing. What if you and I decided to live that way toward every person that we came in contact with? Man, I get so many opportunities. I'm like you. I get a lot of opportunities to love people. And to kind of, and sometimes you, sometimes you have to look at people, you know, in like, uh, for instance, there was a, <clears throat> there was a person that was serving me at a restaurant. She was having a bad day. Something was, something was going on. And I don't have to know what's going on. I just need to find a way to love her. Because she obviously needs love in that moment. You know, she doesn't need me saying, well, she's not getting a good tip. Are you kidding me? When a tip could be the very thing that flips her day around, turns her around. Some Some of the biggest tips that I've given have been to people that in the natural, you'd say, why? Well, because I'm trying to make their day. I'm trying to love them in a way that might turn their day around and get them thinking outside of themselves. So it says love is patient. What's the next thing it says love is? Love is kind. Man, kindness goes a long way, doesn't it? Have you ever just smiled at people? I've done this walking down through the mall. I did it the other day just for grins. Not, that wasn't a pun. I didn't mean it that way. But I was just walking down the mall and I put a smile on my face. And I just smiled at everybody that would give me kind eye contact. And you know what was interesting? They all smile back. <laughs> Kindness is attractive. I mean, it, and it, what do you call it when it's? Contagious. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. All right. Let's keep going. Love does not envy. It does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. 
That's a big one. All of them are big, but this is, a, this is a big one. Love does not seek its own. Everything that Jesus did, and he's our example, right? He's our divine example. Everything that he did was for you. None of it was for himself. And I wonder what relationships with husbands and wives would be when we, when we would live that way. We would live in such a way that you owe me nothing and everything that I do, I want to do for you. I did a wedding last night in Farmington. A beautiful couple actually come to church here, Dave, if you know Dave, Holly, Dave and Courtney. But they, they, uh, man, uh, it was such an honor to watch them enter into this amazing covenant with one another. And one of the things that we talked about um, before the wedding and after the wedding was living in such a way with each other that the other person doesn't owe you anything. And that there's this, mis- there's this misunderstanding of really what love is. You'll hear people say, I love you, I need you. Because we've made relationships about personality assessments and love languages. Well, here's one of the challenges with the love languages is if you can only love me one way that really meets my need, then it's about me. That's a self-centered love. I need you to love me a specific way. Now, it's, now I'm not saying that we don't find out as husbands, we are, what, what did you say, Mike? We are forever investigators. You've been investigating your wife for 50 years or however long, right? You'll let me know. <laughs> and and I, loved how, I loved how you put that, though. I mean, that you have been, why? Because we want to know what our wives like so that we can love them in that way. But it's not about a love language that you can love me this way, but don't love me any other way. Wait a minute. You ever heard of tough love? You know, maybe this morning might be some tough love for some people. I don't know. But, you know, sometimes people don't need prayer. They just need a good dose of truth from the Word of God. Truth spoken in love, which is what this morning is, right? So, so, what it, so then let's go on. It says, it, it does not behave rudely. It, is not, uh, it, it does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Whoa. How about that? Ever feel like an outburst of anger? Love's not provoked. <clears throat> it thinks no evil. Wow. We have so many opportunities with the news. If I could encourage you to turn the news off and turn this on, it, it would, man. <clears throat> I heard one minister say it this way. He said, if you locked me in a room with just a candle and my Bible, with no windows, for two weeks, I could tell you what's going on in the world. Wouldn't even need to see the news. <clears throat> Thanks, no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. Look at this. Love bears all things. It believes all things. Rebecca, come help me. Love bears all things. It believes all things. Love hopes all things. One thing I talk to the witnesses about when I do a wedding is the importance 
of this very thing that I just read to you, that love believes the best. Let me tell you what love is not. Love is not when a couple's having a problem, uh, you, you chiming in and saying, I knew that guy wasn't good for you. That's not love. Witnesses that, that are at a wedding, they have a responsibility. You're witnessing a covenant. There's a reason that you're there. You're not just the congregation. You are witnessing a marital covenant that is coming together and two people are becoming one. And my Bible says what, what God has joined together, let not man separate. It didn't say the devil. It said man. Let what it, that's a, that's both, that's male and female, guys. <laughs> that if God joins something together, who are we to try and tear that apart? Sometimes people ask me about ministers or they ask me about pastors and I got to watch myself. I got to watch how I respond because I want to stay in love. I don't ever want to criticize anybody. You know, some of you know um, our story and where we came from, you know, was not, was not a, a fun story, but there's a reason I don't talk about it. There's a reason you've never heard the story. It's because I'm, I'm, no, I'm going to walk in love and I'm going to walk in forgiveness. Man, imagine what would life be like if you were just, if you just walked in love and forgiveness all the time toward everybody. But see, when it, when it becomes, when it becomes about us, now we've got the problem. Now you can have all these different things. You can have outbursts of anger. You can have resentment, frustration, disappointment because people didn't meet your expectation. See, when you have expectation in your spouse and they don't meet it, then disappointment comes. Because they didn't love you the way you needed to be loved. What if you woke up instead in the morning and just said, God, I thank you that nobody owes me anything. I'm so in love with you and I thank you that you fulfill that desire in me, that I'm so loved that I don't need somebody else to love me because you loved me first. God, I choose to be the kind of person that loves others first, regardless of what they look like, regardless of what they smell like, regardless of what they've done in my life or to me or the hurt maybe that they caused in my family or in my home. I'm not saying invite them back into your home. I'm not saying give them liberty in your household. I mean, we're wise as serpents and gentle as doves. But we have got to grab a hold of the importance of this love thing. That this is important for us to walk in. Let me encourage you in something. Love God first. Why? When you love Him first, then you'll allow Him to transform transform your life and you'll love yourself then you'll be able to love others you can't love others if you don't love yourself if you don't like what you see in you how can you love other people correctly man 
This is why it's so important every time we come in here on Sunday. And, and we had this amazing opportunity. I mean, this worship team, they knock it out of the park every week. Do you know why I say that? It's not because they're just amazing. They are, they're amazing musicians, but it's not about the talent. It's what, the t- it's what they're, like last night they had what they have what they call Levite nights and the worship team gets together and they pray together. They read the word together. They begin to worship together. I came out of my bedroom to say something and, and Zach was praying such a powerful prayer. I just dropped to my knees in the living room floor. And they were done praying and I was still laying there going, man, God, you're so, you're so beautiful. Why? Because what they are doing is they are drawing the presence of God in here. Jesus was in here this morning. He's in here now. I'm just saying, he, ah, that's our opportunity, man, to just love him, honor him, worship him, not care what anybody else thinks. But God, I'm here for you. I love you, God. Man, we can practice this. Why don't we practice this right now? Just close your eyes. Begin to tell the Father how much you love him, how thankful you are that he loved you first, that he loved you when you were unlovable. Father, we thank you and we praise you in this place. We're so grateful for your love. You love us so much. And God, I love you. Just say that out loud. Say, God, I love you. I love you. I love you. Could you stand up all around the auditorium here in the chapel? never experienced the love of God and you want to this morning if you've never experienced his love in your life in your heart and that's you I'm gonna ask everyone would you bow your heads just for a moment while I ask this question I just want to ask you if that's you I want to pray for you would you raise your hand all around the room never experienced the love of God you say Phil that's me I want to experience love if you're here and maybe you've had difficulty you've loving the way that you want to because you've been hurt because you've had people in your life that have not loved you the way God loves you and you want to get free from that if that's you I want you to raise your hand all around the room yeah anybody else Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Father, right now, I just pray for the people who raise their hands. God, I thank you that your love is greater. Lord, we release hurt, pain. We release things that people have said, and we choose to accept your love. Lord, we thank you that we live in such a way in your love so that we 
We have no expectation in other people, but we freely give love because you first loved us. So Father, we receive that love this morning and we thank you, Lord, that we're able to walk in that love and love others the way you need us to. Father, we release now. Come on. I, I just, I want to, <clears throat> man, thank you, Lord. I just want to pray this prayer. And I, I would like you to repeat after me because we're going to say a couple of things that are real important for all of us. So if you would, if you would repeat this after me, let's pray this together. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, come on nice and loud so I can hear you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord. get so overwhelmed with this love let's go again thank you Lord for your love that you loved me first and I thank you for that love I make the decision to wake up every morning for you not for myself but for you and I receive your love. And I thank you, Lord, that you are helping me give love to every other person. Whether they deserve it, whether they don't deserve it, it doesn't matter because you have called me to love all the time. Man, thank you, God. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Lord, I'm so grateful.